over the course of our lives by virtue of the fact that we are a social species. We adopt and build a framework, a very strong framework of should and should nots. We build this framework specifically from the unique preferences and beliefs of the people around us. Most especially those we want to have confluence with. As people, we want to be right and we want to be good. But we feel as if the only way to be right and good is to definitely not be and not do anything we shouldn't be or shouldn't do. And to the opposite, to definitely be and do what we feel like we should be and do. In essence, we should all over ourselves. So that you can understand what I mean by we should and shouldn't all over ourselves, I've got two examples. For example, to generalize, if you are in the Western cowboy culture, you learn that you should live every day with courage, have the character quality of grit, always finish what you start, do what has to be done no matter how you feel, take pride in your work, in fact always keep your pride and dignity, <laughs> be tough, keep your promises, die before you quit, get even if you've been wronged, and protect you and yours. And to the other side, you shouldn't be unfair. You shouldn't be weak in any way. You shouldn't get emotional. You shouldn't waste your breath because you should talk less and say more. You should never complain, no matter how much pain you're in. And you should be willing to die for your honor. Or for example, if you're part of a Buddhist community, you learn that you should be calm and self-controlled and master equanimity. You should speak right, meaning no lies, gossip, harsh speech, or insults. You should be generous. You should be wise, compassionate, have kind thoughts, help others, meditate, and be aware. And to the other side, you should refrain from excess sensual pleasures. You should not have ego. You should never be prideful or selfish. You should not have destructive thoughts. You should never harm other living things. Never take what is not freely given. Never speak unkindly and not care for personal achievement and success. Other than going for one's personal enlightenment, of course. <laughs> Often we take these shoulds and these should nots as laws that we have to simply conform to. As rules that are just a given. And whenever we decide that something's just a given, most likely that means that it is become subconscious. So we're walking around with these shoulds and should nots even though we're not even necessarily conscious of all of them. We think that should and should not is the way to guarantee our success in life. The thing is, it isn't. And I'm going to tell you why. One, when we think that something should be that way, we often slip into this kind of a game where we act as if it is that way, even when it isn't. And to the opposite, when we think something shouldn't be a certain way, we have this strange little tendency of acting as if it isn't, even when it is. Guess what? It doesn't matter whether something should or should not be a certain way. That does not negate the fact that something is a certain way, or is not a certain way. <laughs> Therefore, when we are in this mentality of should and shouldn't, we have a tendency to go into denial about what is. 
What we do is we refuse to acknowledge or accept what is. And if we won't acknowledge and accept what is, we will fail to recognize or work with what is real. If we aren't dealing with what is real, we are not going to get anywhere. The reason I say that we don't have any real power there is because if we start to act from should and shouldn't and imagine that that is so, i.e. illusion instead of reality, we're not going to make the right decisions and we're not going to take the right actions. And so we're not going to get the desired result. Two, when we are operating from should or from shouldn't or both, we are in a resistant state of being. Whenever we have a solid rule, we resist anything that is not that rule. Therefore, if we think something should be a certain way or that we should do a certain thing, we're usually in resistance to anything internal or external that isn't that. And conversely, if we think something shouldn't be a certain way or that we shouldn't do a certain thing, we're usually in resistance to anything internal or external that is that. We are walking around in resistance to reality, in resistance to what is which means we're pushing against ourselves and the world. Should and shouldn't thinking often implies a lack of personal truth and a lack of intrinsic motivation. The vast majority of ideas that we have about should and shouldn't, they come from other people. We adopt them, but what that means is we usually swallow them without ever really questioning them. Also, when we are living in this land of should and of shouldn't, we are not usually living according to what we want, right? We've lost touch with what we want. Therefore, this idea of should and shouldn't in our lives acts as a kind of extrinsic motivator. And the thing is, is extrinsic motivation doesn't work. It's a very poor substitute for intrinsic motivation, meaning a person genuinely wanting whatever it is that they're trying to act in alignment with. Because shouldn't shouldn't acts as an extrinsic motivator, people don't get anywhere. Extrinsic motivation is a horrible motivator, especially when it is not backed by personal desire, or even worse, if it is opposed by personal desire. Essentially, you will notice that you or other people will fail to do what you think you should do because it's not what you really want to do. It's that you simply think you should. Free will and drive become very shaky in the land of should and should not. For should and should not brings us straight into the land of inauthenticity. When we are in resistance to what is because we cannot acknowledge what should not be, and when we are in denial about our truth because we have decided that our truth should be something different, and when we are lying to ourselves that we are a certain way because we've decided that is how we should be, and when we are trying to force ourselves to be how we should be and do what we should do, we are not being authentic. Potentially, we're trying to convince ourselves that we are something that we aren't. We're making ourselves do what we don't want to do. In general, we are either in total denial about our real self because we refuse to acknowledge or accept or recognize any aspect of ourself that does not conform to that picture of what should be or anything that is that shouldn't be, right? Or to the opposite, we see it. But we're spending our lives in complete resistance to what is that should not be and what should be that isn't. Five, should and should nots tend to be very rigid and very black or white. 
as such, they are painful. They're often non-negotiable, and they do not accommodate for the very nuanced reality, potentially gray reality, that we're living in and that we call life. They are closed. <laughs> they are inflexible. Our should and our should nots are usually driven by fear. We hold on to them because we're so desperate to avoid something. Here's what I mean by this. Let's say that we've got a picture of what we should be and we should do. To the opposite side of that, we have a terror of whatever it would look like to not be that or to not do that. Now to the opposite. Let's say that we've got a picture of what we shouldn't be and shouldn't do. We are terrified of what it would look like if we were that or we did do that thing. So we're perpetually trying to avoid that thing that represents what we're afraid of, which is why we're using such a rigid rule to stay away from it. We're also terrified of what will happen if we don't hold ourselves to a strict standard of how things should and shouldn't be. This means we are using fear and consequence avoidance as the framework of how to live our life. Okay, well, it's obvious that that leads to a lot of pain, right? Also, not only does it lead to pain, it leads to extreme levels of pressure. Two, should and should not is a recipe for low self-esteem and also for negatively judging other people. Whenever we've got this <clears throat> rigid idea of what should be and what should not be, and we treat those like these solid rules to live by, in case you haven't noticed yet, we tend to feel as if we can never measure up to this strict picture of what is right and what is good versus what is wrong and what is bad. We're essentially constantly falling short and therefore slipping into this negative judgment of ourselves because we never quite measure up to our own standards. It also causes us to be rigid with others and to negatively judge them, which other people find painful. Because why? When we've got these very strict should and should nots, they also can't measure up to these standards with which we are moving through life. Eight, our attachment to should and shouldn't keeps fueling fragmentation within our own consciousness. Whenever we have that strict idea of should and should not, we are actively engaged in the process of suppressing, denying, and disowning, and pushing against things that we feel like should not be within us. And conversely, identifying with any part that we feel like should be there, or that we can accept, or that we can see. So we're essentially keeping this splitting of our consciousness alive and well. And that is a recipe for all kinds of problems in life. To understand more about this, you can watch my video titled Fragmentation, the Worldwide Disease. Nine, should and should nots act as a barrier to awakening and to awareness. And they do this in two primary ways. First way, when we have these concrete ideas of should and shouldn't, we often don't question them. They become rigid. And because we are not in that questioning, we just sort of hook, line, and sinker them, we can keep ourselves completely stuck in ignorance. On top of this, when we will not acknowledge something about ourselves or within ourselves that does not conform to this idea of what should be and instead see in ourselves things that should be there even when they're not there, we've slipped into total lack of self-awareness. To understand more about this, you can watch my video titled Self-Concept, The Enemy of Awakening.
so you can understand better how you will get absolutely nowhere with should or shouldn'ts, I've got some examples for you. The first example I have is Louise. Louise got interested in self-help and spirituality in her very early 20s. This means Louise has read a lot of books. She has studied under a lot of yogis. And she's had a lot of realizations while she has been on plant journeys. Recently, Louise went through a traumatic divorce with her husband. And Louise has been doing a lot of reading lately. She especially loves Osho. She hears the things he says, such as, the more loving you are, the less is the possibility for any relationship. And relationship is a kind of bondage. And relationship is a substitute for your soul. And relationship is needed only because love is not there. And aloneness simply means completeness. Louise decides that a person shouldn't have a need for another person. If they are spiritually aware and spiritually developed enough, and a person should be spiritually developed. She also thinks that a person should be whole in and of themselves. Therefore, they shouldn't really grieve if a relationship ends because they didn't lose anything. Because they're whole in and of themselves. And that any grief implies a lack of spiritual development, or a lack of awareness, or a lack of consciousness. Therefore, she refuses to acknowledge the fact that she is grieving the loss of the relationship. She walks around saying things like, You know, I really feel like this divorce is exactly what I'm ready for. I just sense that I no longer need to use another person to feel a sense of completeness and security. But guess what? Louise's idea about what should and shouldn't be don't matter. Because it doesn't change what is. And what is is that Louise is actually in complete shock that all of a sudden she went from having that predictable life where she knew where it was going to now I don't even know where my life is headed. She feels lonely and feels afraid and is angry and her energy levels are decreasing because she's experiencing depression that she will not acknowledge. All because it shouldn't be there. Her refusal to acknowledge what is because it shouldn't be that way and should be another way has made it so that her mental and emotional experience is becoming physical. Her sleep cycles are all messed up. She keeps getting infections. She's experiencing fatigue, which she never used to have. And when she went to the doctor for chest pains, she was diagnosed with stress-induced cardiomyopathy. Louise will not get better unless she acknowledges within herself what she feels like shouldn't be there. And unless she stops telling herself that something is there that isn't there because it should be there. Our second example involves Bao. Bao grew up in a family that 100% believes in filial piety, and it just so happens that Bao's parents really, really care about Bao having status in society. This means they want him to go to the right school, get the right degree, and get the right job, the one that they would be proud of and the one they've wanted him to have since he was born. Bao takes it as a given that a person should do these things. The problem is he has no intrinsic motivation to study anything specific in college. He has interests, but none of them fit into the mold of what his parents have always wanted for him. The problem is it doesn't matter to bow what his personal truth is. He knows that he should go to the right school and get the right degree and pick the right job so his parents can be proud. He's living a woefully inauthentic life and he's also hating his life. For Bao, life is something that he has to force himself through every day. 
And recently he started going to a therapist because he really doesn't understand why he keeps having these crazy intrusive thoughts, like stepping out in front of the passenger train that he takes to get to campus every day. Bao wants to be happy, but he's not getting anywhere with his happiness. Why? Because he is living every day according to should. He's lost touch with his unique wants completely. Essentially, he's treating what he should do as a given. And because it's such a given, he's not even questioning his personal truth that's underneath that. Here's the thing. If Bao wants to be happy, but all the decisions that he's making are according to what should be, then there's no possible way for him to do the right thing for himself or make the right decisions because he's not acting according to what would make him happy. What he's doing is he's living his life specifically for what would make his parents happy because he's operating from this belief he has not questioned that a child's life exists to be in service to the parents. He's just taken that as a should. All of this is to say, this is why you will get nowhere when you are using your personal growth or shadow work or life improvement so as to try to get rid of something that shouldn't be. Or when you're trying to force yourself to be something that should be. When it comes to life, the should and should nots don't matter. And the faster that you realize this, and the more bravery that you have to look at what is instead, the closer you are to freedom, to intrinsic motivation, to integration, to self-esteem, <laughs> to awareness, to authenticity, to personal power, and to the life you really want. Have a good week. If you liked this video, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to my channel, and consider sharing this video with your friends. You can also click on the bell icon to be notified of the next time that I post a video. I want to thank you personally for the bravery that you have to step into awareness. I'll see you in the next video.